Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. The final first look edition of the season, which means, well, you're going to miss us. But also, it means that we've got the wildest slate of pretty much any year outside of maybe that 13-game Christmas uh, or Wednesday basketball slate. But this one's brutal in a good and a bad way. If you want to split it up between eight and seven, you want to go straight 15 games, do what you please. We're going to help guide you through it throughout the week, starting right here. I'm Dave Lochran on Twitter at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. And with me is always Ben Rasa at jazz Raz DFS and Sal Vetri at Sal Vetri DFS on the Twitters. Sal 15 games, an absolute mess injured quarterbacks, teams with nothing to play for, some with something to play for. But you want to talk about having to navigate through the weeds to figure out what exactly is happening. Well, there's no better definition of it than this week. Yeah, exactly. And it's like in in theory, you would like to think that, okay, the teams that are still in it, and there's a lot of teams with this new playoff spot that are going to be playing for something this week, more so than usual. So, I mean, that's the place where you want to start to target. But then you have, like we were just talking before the show, like seven years ago, Matt Flynn playing for a new job comes out, throws five, six touchdowns. I, I don't know who that is on this slate, but you have guys like Drew Locke, who there's talk like Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, maybe in Denver next year. These are the guys, I mean, they're human beings. They're fighting and, and rehearsing for their next job. Getting that extra five pass attempts in a game or just throwing downfield three more times is more likely to happen this week than any other week when you know you're probably out in that team and you're just dress rehearsing for a new team. Ben, 15 games. Some pretty crazy, as Sal just said, some pretty crazy playoff situations here. The scenarios uh, are beginning to look interesting. I mean, you have one, you have seven teams so far that have already clinched the playoff spot. And then other teams like the Ravens, Colts, uh, Titans, who are 80 plus percent, Rams 80 plus percent to make it. But then other teams that are also vying for those spots, there are a lot of moving pieces on this slate and with the additional playoff spot with each conference that's you've never seen it more than this heading into the final week of the year. Yeah. It's got a lot of, it's got some preseason flavor to me as well. Like motivation is something that I think is overblown in a lot of situations, but when it impacts who's on the field, it's something we have to take notice of. And this is the first week to me where you really are going to have teams that are going to prioritize health over winning. And that changes things like the preseason. So, lot to break down 
ownership won't to me won't play as big a factor because when you have this many games even chalk is not that popular normally we don't really pay much attention to which teams are where unless of course you have a bet like ben you know rams or cardinals making the play missing the playoffs right missing, missing? please it, look, you, you still got a shot here um I mean, it's I, right now. Five thirty-eight has the Cardinals with a fifty-five percent chance. So, I mean, it's it's not it's not even money right now, but it's pretty close. I mean, you're coin flip style. Yeah, it really is. But uh, look, teams are going to sit their quarterbacks. Teams are going to start replacements with benched quarterbacks or injured quarterbacks. Uh, just there's a lot going on here. So if there's ever a week to pay attention to what the uh, playoff situation is and the scenarios coming into the week, it is this one because you might say you might see something. We've seen this many times. Christian McCaffrey will start this week. Right. And everyone says, okay, fine. And I'm not talking about this week because you know, he's not going to play. He hasn't played in forever. If Christian McCaffrey plays or, or last year when Christian McCaffrey played, he played what, like 10 snaps. Maybe he played a quarter. So a lot of these teams that have nothing to play for might start their starters and only run them out there for, for, for a quarter. So you have to have a lot of discretion there and be a lot more careful. It's just, it's not an, it's, it, these will not be easy decisions to make, which is why Sal, I don't know about you. I'm going to play the full slate, but I do think I might place more emphasis this week on getting with the eight and then the seven game slate. Those are two ni- really nice slate sizes. I can break them down into two and really focus my uh, energy a lot more on that instead of going with 15 crazy games. Yeah, that's the interesting thing from not even just the contest selection, but the slates in general. Like you never actually even have like a seven or eight game slate any single week. You never get the opportunity to actually play that. So it is pretty interesting in terms of just focusing on which side of it. A lot of the four o'clock windows games actually have something to play for. That's just the strategy that the league is trying to do, have those teams play in that window. So you can play that afternoon slate where there's seven games and you know everybody's actually playing for something. You don't have to worry about uh, whoever might be Deshaun Watson leaving after, let's just say, two and a half quarters of play because the game doesn't matter anymore. Happy to have all you guys with us as always. Hit that thumbs up and of course, subscribe to the channel. Where are we at now? I think we've got up north of, we're at 50, 50, 45,850. We're almost there. You guys have helped us so much along the way. Huge push during the start of basketball season. And honestly, um, Ben, I'll tell you this much. We're going to jump into the positions right here. We're going to take a quick look at the Millie Maker from this week because it was pretty wild, that in the slant. But uh, I can't wait for playoff football. We're talking about these slates. What about the fact that now we're going to have six games to open up the postseason, a ton of showdown slates, a ton of monster contests. You know there's going to be Millie Makers. I couldn't be more excited. So football's not going anywhere. Oh, no doubt about it. I That is right in my – you just mentioned 15 games I think is a little much, to be honest. Uh, we're going to break it down because that's what we do. But six games where motivation, of course, is sky high. It's the best of the best. That's something we never get the opportunity, and that is, that is one of the few benefits of uh, 2020 this year. So subscribe to the channel. Uh, It helps us. It helps you. You always know when we go live, the recommended feed, the browse feature, all of that stuff will show up more. It's just the way the YouTube algorithm works. When you subscribe to a channel, uh, you see us more, which actually kind of just makes sense, right? Uh, Help us get to that 50K mark and help yourself in the process. If you like what we do, maybe along the way we helped you out uh, or you just, you know, find this content good. Well, hit that subscribe. All right, let's dive into it, Sal. Uh, Just very quickly, looking at last week, the winner of the Millionaire Maker and of the Slant, which paid out 30K to first, it's the uh, 150 max $9 entry on DraftKings, both had Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, and Brandon Cooks. So 
if we've learned anything this year, and man, Adam and, and Josh and I broke this down in depth yesterday on the Monday morning quarterback show, where we go over everything from, from fantasy cruncher lineup study, is that maybe it's a time to kind of relax the rules that we set because the league has become so high scoring recently that a lot of these instances, it's like you're not seeing the mega stacks with three on one team and two or three on the other team. A lot of them you're seeing onslaughts from one team. Go back and look from week 16 how many blowouts there were and how many teams just routed their opponent. And you're also seeing the running back wide receiver without quarterback or even quarterback with running back and wide receiver. There's so much happening this year that I think I'm going to reevaluate a lot going into 2021 season if we continue to see this abundance of scoring. Yeah, and it, it we, we kind of got anchored early on just because you had Dallas and Seattle. Every game they were playing in was a full-on game stack. Well, Seattle, for whatever reason, goes back to more of a run first team. They're struggling in the passing game the second half of the year, and we know what happened with Dak Prescott. So you had literally like five of those first six weeks where those types of team stacks or full-on game stacks that they were in really up there on top of leaderboards winning when they faced each other, winning slates as well. So I think that anchors in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I do think that when it comes to full-on game stacking, like game stacking three to five players is what I've done basically every single week now, except for the week where like Mahomes was a really great play with the Jets run back just because it didn't seem like there was anything on that opposite side. So yeah, instead of forcing it, I think like you were saying more times than not, uh, trying to pick apart which games have that ability to run back is what, what I'm trying to do now instead of just not running it back, just finding that spot where you definitely can have a run back even if it's not as appealing. Ben, I didn't put all the pieces together last week, but it's frustrating to look at some of these winning lineups and go, yep, that was my player pool, right? Um, and I know you are in the exact same boat. T. Higgins was in the winning lineup. Jamison Crowder, David Montgomery, Ma, uh, Johnson, Watson, and Cooks. And then Michael Gallup, who I don't think was spoken enough about throughout the week. Uh, he was a good play. Crushed Michael Jaquette for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and then the winner of the slant had J.D. McKissick at $6,400. $200 less expensive than Antonio Gibson. And he had $300 of remaining salary. So that one's tough to figure out. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those weeks uh, on a personal level. It was very frustrating. It was a good week, but it could have been a truly fantastic week because the, the pool was there. Um, and and I, I really do think that a lot of this goes to, you mentioned the higher scoring. We see this in college football. I say this a lot. When you play college football DFS, you can take two quarterbacks. So you can stack two teams and it feels natural. In the NFL, if you really like two teams, well, you're obviously not going to be able to play both quarterbacks. But I think more and more people are learning. You can still stack two teams up and you obviously pick one of their quarterbacks, but you still stack a team without the other, take their skill position players. This year, that's been really effective. Uh, we saw it again in week 16. Now, week 17, I do think will buck a lot of trends because this is just a different type of slate. But these are things going forward to the playoffs and to week one uh, of 2021. I do think we have to start changing our philosophies a little bit. Me too. You ready to dive into this one? Oh boy. Yeah, let's I know. go. I, I'm not ready, but here we go. Sal, quarterback position. It's not even like we're not, we, there's no point of even going completely tier by tier because there's just so much of everything. You've got Mahomes against the Chargers, 8,400. Lamar against Cincinnati. Lamar has clearly come on strong of late to close out the final quarter plus of this season. Deshaun Watson said he will play. He's got Tennessee. They got nothing to play for because they have no draft picks, but. I don't see any reason why why um, Deshaun Watson doesn't play this game in its entirety, assuming he's healthy. 
Josh Allen against Miami. Him and this Buffalo offense are seemingly unstoppable at this point. The most automatic team I've seen along with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you have Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady against Atlanta, and then even Justin Herbert against this Kansas City team to close out the 7K range and up along with Ryan Tannehill against Houston. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's a lot of options here just because a lot of these games mean something, whether it's teams playing for a division or just the number one seed like the Packers. What I'm trying to look for this week is not just that team specifically, but what's coming back on the other side, because you have like for the example of Justin Herbert, I would like to get to Herbert. If you get Keenan Allen back, he's still throwing a lot, you know, 42 attempts per game right now, leads a slate in yards per game. But the concern for me is just that if Chad Henney's on the other side, do I really think that this game can really turn into a shootout or something of that nature? Team total says maybe built in a little bit, not really. So I look towards the top of things like Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears. Both teams there, I think, can move the ball. The Bears 40-plus points in four straight games. So I feel comfortable about them being able to put up points. So Rodgers, Deshaun Watson falls into that category. Now that we got some confidence in them saying that he is going to play. Last time we saw those two teams play, it was a, a massive game in terms of overall points for both sides, Tannehill and Watson. So early on, I'm trying to really filter it down based on both sides actually having their quarterback playing and a quarterback that has been putting up points. So Watson, Rodgers, uh, Tannehill, they fall into that category, and even Mitch uh, to a lesser extent. So like early on, that's how I'm kind of trying to limit this player pool. Ben, how are you doing that? So similar. Yeah. I mean, obviously we'll get some indications like Mahomes. It seems pretty likely that he's unplayable for obvious reasons. Then there's other guys who are in kind of a gray area um where maybe they they push through but I I don't feel too confident obviously ideally I want to target players I know uh are going to be playing for something so I'll just mention most of them I will say that Kyler Murray is kind of interesting we got to see what his status is he did take a hit and hurt his leg late in that game if he can even remotely play he has to they're at the top of the list for motivation against the Rams that's a win and you're in loser you're out for both teams basically uh the Bears have a little to do with it on the Ram side, but that's not important here. So if he's going to drop back, I mean, he threw the ball 50 times in that game, ran another eight times. I know that he's got the Q tag and maybe he is limited in some way, but I still have interest if he's good to go. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of moving pieces and there are certain teams that need to win games. Like, okay, let me ask you about this, Ben. Uh, Tom Brady, he's been up and down this season. There's no question. I was tweeting yesterday about how silly I think this Tom Brady without Bill and Bill without Brady thing is like we've had one season. Um, I'm willing to at least give it a little bit more time before I crown Tom Brady with, with who he has. And listen, he's had some good games and uh, you know, banish Bill Belichick to the, to the depths of hell because he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. I think that's silly, but Tom Brady does have pretty much unlimited weapons in this offense and he has thrown multiple touchdowns in pretty much every game this season. I think he's gone three, three of uh, 15 games. He has failed to throw multiple touchdowns, whether it's looked pretty or not. He has had some big performances um, against Atlanta here with the, the with the uh, the Bucks looking to to close out the season strong. Is there any interest here? Because I be- I don't believe the Bucks can move. Sure, you might want to win this last game, but I don't think they can move for playoff positioning, right? I think they're locked uh, in. I mean, they're they're certainly in the playoffs. Whether they they've already win... clinched the the playoffs, but I don't think they can win the division. I, maybe they're just jockeying for positioning. Yeah, I think they can move seed wise, but in terms of could they host a game? I'll be honest, I don't believe so because uh, those will be d- division winners. They're not winning the division, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they'll do. I, I thought I will give Bruce Arians credit. I'm not a fan, but 
pulling him off the field at halftime was one of the smarter decisions. I was pretty adamant that they should have done that against the Lions, and I, it's possible we see that again here if the game gets out of hand. But the stats don't lie. Brady has had some monster games here, and we don't have it. Even though it's 15 games, when you start ruling out quarterbacks, you're going to see you don't have that many top-tier options at QB. Most of these guys are not playing um, or limited in some way. So if you're not going to go to Rodgers or some of those guys, Brady kind of is in that next tier if you want to take the gamble that he sees four quarters. Do you think he does, Sal? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's... I think that he does, yeah. I think that he'll play this game. There's very slim movings that can happen here if the Rams... So basically, they can move, I believe, from where they are right now is like the top of the wild cards, like the next spot down. So like the only difference is you get a home game with, I mean, for Tampa Bay, some fans, I guess. Um, but that's if both of those teams are going to go to the final round. So I don't think they're going to care too much about it. It's kind of similar to what's happening in Pittsburgh to a lesser extent. Um, but I think that if he's going to start the game, he'll play unless something happens in terms of like at halftime, they realize that they're not going to move their position. What do you think about now? This is where it starts to get interesting even more so what are your thoughts on guys like and by the way I think the Herbert Herbert against Kansas City I have no idea what what this game is going to look like and I think we'll get better uh better information as the as the week goes on what coaches intend on doing um but I also let let me real quickly I I don't want to bounce around too much Sal but what about on the Herbert side of this ball does Anthony Lynn look at a game like this and say I don't care who's playing for Kansas City uh, I want to I want to win this game to maybe keep my job or or at least go out on a high note. I, I hate to be I hate to be speculating on all of this stuff, but Anthony Lynn is in a strange situation. You know, I mean, anytime more than ever, like you have Black Monday coming up, it's going to actually matter when this type of stuff starts to be coming into play. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to try as hard as he can to win this. I don't really know if that helps him though, because what what, what that it really comes down to his decision making. Is it going to mean that he lets Herbert continue right. to throw forty five times? actually use time management to his advantage. We haven't seen it all year. So, I mean, maybe he'll try a little bit harder now, but it's not going to factor in too much for me just because I do think that he is a bad coach. So it's tough to put even more confidence in him in like a must win situation for his own right. Yeah, I agree. Ben, what do you make, what do you make of the, uh, the middle tier here at the six K range Roethlisberger against Cleveland finally woke up a little bit last week and they came back and, and got that W looked really bad early on. Uh, and then Matt Ryan is is fifty nine hundred against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's had some struggles this season, but his last two games have been solid at his current price point. He's still sub six k against the Tampa Bay Bucks, whose weakness is in the secondary. They've certainly shown improvements this year, but they are no juggernaut when it comes to slowing down opposing pass de- uh, passing attacks. And then Mitch Trubisky at fifty six hundred against Green Bay. I'm sure you'd like to talk about him. Is there anything in this lower range or maybe middle tier that you like? Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan is someone who, uh, you know, his season certainly has been a disappointment, the Falcons in general, but lately he has shown it. One of those games, week 15, that was against Tampa, uh, and it was an absolute just insane game. He dropped back 49 times. Uh, That's obviously what we'll be looking for here, sub 6K. You're not going to have that many games where both teams – uh, have some upside and looks like motivation will be there. 
So that's definitely one. Obviously, Trubisky has he's been better lately. Uh, he's been one of the bright spots for me, you know, personally in the last couple of weeks, I've been playing him pretty consistently and the bears have looked good. We've just mentioned how, how they're putting up a ton of points. Obviously this is a different caliber of opponent, but they, I mean, they desperately need this game at home. So if he's going to continue to be in these mid five K range, uh, I'll continue to go to Trubisky because he has a lot of pairing options on a team that has to win. Jared Stidham, who will likely start as the Jets, but I just have no interest in going there. I don't care how bad the Jets are. That's that's just a completely untouchable spot. Sal, but then you also have C.J. Beathard against Seattle. Uh, I don't know. Anybody cheap here that stands out to you that you say, maybe this makes enough sense on such a big slate, uh, or is it that there are just too many good quarterbacks to go cheap on a 15-gamer? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's part of it just because of the value that's going to pop up at a lot of other positions with starting running backs and receivers sitting. So quarterback would be the one spot that, yeah, I want to try and lock in those those 25-point, 30-point ceilings that we're getting at a lot of these high producers. You have guys like Rodgers chasing MVP narratives as well, like actively saying he's chasing it. Um, so that's going to factor in. But if, if I was to go somewhere and just really punt down here, Drew Locke at $5,000. I've been kind of against playing him or any of these types of guys down in this range, but it's a nice team total at 24.5 at this point. And he gets to face Vegas, which has been a bottom three secondary all season long. And then if you want to try and throw a narrative on it, Drew Locke is probably done in Denver. There's a lot of quarterbacks being tagged, veteran quarterbacks, potentially drafting a quarterback there. So if this is his last spot there, he's rehearsing actively for a new job or even to come back uh, to Denver potentially as a backup. So yeah, $5,000 would be the spot it would go. And $5,000 Drew Locke. Say it isn't so, fella. Yeah, yeah, real talk about a raw deal. Like, let's just delete all his weapons and Von Miller. And now they're like, oh, they're going to bring Haskins in. Yeah, that's going to solve all your problems. Real smart. Um, I do like the spot for Drew Locke, that game. We saw, the, I mean, the Raiders game, the NFL has a bunch of crazy games every year, but I'm not sure I've seen anything like how they, they coffined themselves last week against Miami. So who knows where they're at? Their secondary was never good to begin with. And that's the type of game you know, two teams that have nothing to play for, but at the same time, I don't expect them. They have no reason to not play guys. And, and, and Sal did mention Drew Locke on a personal level probably has to audition a little bit. So he's shown some upside in games that have gotten out of control. And he's one of the only, uh, it to me, pay down options that at least we have a body of work with. Like there's going to be a lot of backups in there. I don't think I'm going to play backups on teams. I think the philosophy changes and rarely do you see shootouts develop when teams are just trying to get the game over with. I agree that Drew Locke right now would probably be the best pay down option. And you're talking about paying down very far for him. Uh, I'm not, I'm not unconvinced that, that CJ Beathard can't be a good play too. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that he's a phenomenal option, but he threw three touchdowns last week. Uh, and we've seen him in a couple spots this season actually perform somewhat admirably. So if, if assuming, you know, you, here, here's the difference between Locke and, and Beathard. I think Locke, at least you've seen him have those those big games. But the one thing about C.J. Beathard is he has George Kittle and he has Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Brandon Ayuk's out, right? Brandon Ayuk's already ruled out, I think. Yeah, he's out. He's got the ankle injury. So he's got Kittle. I guess that hurts him a little bit more than it would have. So if he had both of those guys, I'd be a lot more enticed. Anybody else at the position, Sal? I guess I'll just hammer home a little bit more. I didn't really go too deep on it, but Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to really like um, just from a lot of different aspects, uh, not a great game against just the Packers in general for that team, maybe a little bit less sentiment on them, larger slate. So the ownership won't matter as much, but the highest team total on the slate 
and it's probably a little bit quieter, but they can miss the playoffs, Tennessee still. Uh, they don't even have a clinched sub to this point. They're at 10 and five. They can still lose the division, miss out on the wild card. So they have to win this game. And I do trust Deshaun Watson to keep putting points up against Tennessee's defense, which just leads to more passing opportunities instead of rush attempts for Derrick Henry. So 7K Ryan Tannehill at that price point, I think it'll shy people away, but I do like it. Ben, the running back position is absolutely loaded. And we'll be saying that at every position today because, well, every position is absolutely loaded. Alvin Kamara coming off of a six touchdown game, tying, I forget his name, from like 1929 for most touchdowns in a game. Shouldn't even count. Uh, 59 DraftKings points, 155 for six touchdowns, three receptions, 17 yards. Just, you know, one of the most behemoth performances ever. Uh, and amazingly, it happened in week 16, where so many other players hit Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, huge weeks for some of these guys to carry people to the to the championship. Derrick Henry, who I needed to have a big game, finishes with like nine fantasy points, and I lost by one yard. I needed one yard to win, and and of course, I lost that in the Dynasty League. Dalvin Cook against Detroit needed him as well. He came up short. Uh, and then even David Montgomery's been spectacular. He's got a Green Bay team that actually prompted, that was the catalyst to this run, right? Go back and look at Montgomery. That big, the first big game that kind of set him off this positive, on this positive trajectory was that Green Bay game where he had 28 DraftKings points and one people, million, or one people showdown slates in the captain spot. And then you have Eckler against Kansas City. I'm worried that he isn't getting enough work, but we can talk about it. And I'll close it with this one. Jonathan Taylor coming off a two-touchdown game. He has the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's so much here. Oh, yeah, there's there's a ton to break down. This is probably where I'm going to spend some money if we can get workload clarity. And, it's you know, this is where I really think a somewhat simplistic approach can be effective. You look at some of the teams that need to win and they're in, need to avoid, you know, and lean on their top-end running backs. Derrick Henry comes to mind. Jonathan Taylor comes to mind. Great matchups. The volume should be there. Uh, I will lean on them guys like, you know, Kamara and cook. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like quarterback per se, but I just don't know exactly what we see from them to be honest. And then David Montgomery was obviously very polarizing, you know, on Sunday. And I told, I mentioned on the show, I didn't play him. It did not burn me. It didn't really help me either. It was kind of just a neutral play. No matter what you did, the Millie winner had him, which yep. I thought was actually pretty surprising to be honest. Cause I was not upset that I didn't use him. So he's in a similar spot for me. Derrick Henry, obviously, I think will be the most popular for obvious reasons. He's in a great spot and he he could really run wild in this one. Sal, it feels like half of these guys could just run wild in their respective matchups. Yeah, all the guys up top I'll have interest in. I think if I had to pick, end up picking one of them, I probably would go to Kamara with the caveat that we don't see Michael Thomas out there, but at 9,500, I just go up to there for more outs. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot, though. He's kind of in, I mean, not no man's land, but after you get off of all those top guys, he'll be around Austin Eckler, Jones, Montgomery. I don't know if he'll now be the flash chase option as he's put up, I think, 19 or more fantasy points in four straight games from DraftKings, but you're getting a 14 and a half point favorite here. Nothing on the Jacksonville defense is worrisome. The one concern will be they're in a game last week where they're leading the whole first half, so you don't have to see the passing game usage. Second half is when the Steelers start to come back in that game, but I think he only ran two routes in that game is what I'm seeing for one target. That's somewhat concerning, but that's come and gone all season long. You're still getting all the work in the red zone, all the work on the ground, and he's still just $7,400 as a league winner in fantasy leagues this year. So a team total of 32. Taylor at 7,400 is probably where I honestly like maybe the most outside of Kamara if there's no Thomas. I like him a lot too. Uh, one of the other guys I'm curious of, Sal, is, is, is David Johnson. His price point has skyrocketed over the past couple of weeks. 
I, I think last week's performance was fantastic. And the one before that was great, but a little bit misleading only because almost all of his production came in the passing game, right? 11 receptions on 11 targets for 106 yards. If you do that, you know, any week we're going to be talking about you, but we simply haven't seen that from David Johnson this season. As a matter of fact, he only had more than three receptions in one game prior to that. And he's only done it twice overall on the season. He's 6,800. He's got Tennessee who had, just got obliterated on the ground, whether it was Aaron Jones, whether it was uh, A.J. Dillon. They crushed them on the ground out there in the snowy Lambeau field. There's a a few options here in this 6K range that I think we could make an argument for. But let's start it off with David Johnson coming off these two monster performances. Yeah, I I think I'm actually a little bit concerned with David Johnson just because if the ownership comes in at all and the price point increasing. So he's had 10 or more fantasy points in the passing game because of the touchdown last week. Um, you've had, you haven't had Duke Johnson. So if Duke Johnson's not again, that helps stabilize the passing game a little bit because he's ran the last two weeks his season high in routes when normally he's splitting that basically right down the middle with Duke Johnson. And the other concern is he's doing it on low volume. 20, tar- 20 carries is all he's had in the past two weeks because this team doesn't run the ball all that much. And you get rarely that many uh, full-on workhorse running back uh, touches, even with guys like Buddy Howell now they're getting some touches behind David Johnson. So the concern is the volume. And on his touches, like he, he going off last week, averages, what, 10.7 yards per carry. But he's not breaking tackles. He just has wide running lanes. And I don't know how much you're going to find that in the NFL week in and week out. So two weeks ago, he does it in the passing game and kind of this outlier performance. Last week, it's on the ground, but we still don't see the volume coming his way on the ground totally. So that would be my one concern. The price is going up. Likely, the ownership starts to come up a little bit, but there's nothing really changing the volume. Only two broken tackles for him last week. So that just tells you that he's, he's running untouched right now and really just last week. Yeah, that's right. Um, ben, another one I'll throw at you, and, and feel free to hit on David Johnson as well. I know you liked him quite a bit on Sunday. Would be uh, Cam Akers. Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson were getting no work. I mean, they had been not phased out of the offense, but when you talk about just spellbacks or third down guys, uh, they had essentially become that over the past couple of weeks before Cam Akers unceremoniously went down with that, which also, you know, really killed me. I could, I could bitch about these, these dynasty leagues for hours, but I, I know nobody cares, so I won't, but it's just, you know, tilting anyway. Um, Daryl Henderson's doubtful. Malcolm Brown isn't very good. And Cam Akers might play this week. He's $6,100 against Arizona. It's not a great matchup, but it's not a bad matchup. And if their defense can do just enough, they have a very good defense. If Akers plays, I don't know, maybe I'm on an island here with Jared Goff out and with Henderson doubtful as well. If Akers plays, I could see myself getting to a lot of them. And because if the defense holds up, I wouldn't be surprised to see 25 carries for Cam Akers, which is exactly what we saw 29 uh, one game before he got injured. It's interesting. I, I honestly was pretty skeptical that he was going, he's going to play, but it seems like he's trending in the right direction. They desperately need him to play. Cause you mentioned Henderson is not going to play and Malcolm Brown hasn't shown much. And I think the Rams best chance is to control the game and lean on the, on the ground. So uh, it's a perfect segue just to say, and he's going against an Arizona defense that Jeff Wilson, who I like this week quite a bit, absolutely smoked Towards, last week, 22 for a buck 83. Uh, I think part of that's due to Jeff Wilson actually being very good. Yo, also, he is, he is a good running back. Yeah. Man. There's no yeah. doubt about it. The kid I, got, I got, I got a Jeff Wilson story in a second. Please. Uh, yeah, I, I'll just throw that right back to you, Sal, because to me, Jeff Wilson's in a good spot, but it also lends some credence to, to going to Akers who, you know, this Arizona front seven to me is not too intimidating. 
Yeah, um, Jeff Wilson, I, I think it's it just when I was at home on Saturday, me and my buddies bet his over 60 and a half for his rushing. And I said, Four. are we really going to bet this? This guy gets hurt every nine plays. And they were like, is that serious? I was like, I made that up, but it's literally every nine plays. <laughs> he got hurt before the half, got knocked unconscious on nine carries for 59 yards. <laughs> and we were all sitting there tilting our faces off. We were like, this is unbelievable. And then somehow he, he resurrected. He literally was passed out sleeping. And he went back in the game and had a career high 180 yards. It was fantastic. Poetry. It's amazing. One might say he was exhumed, Ben, from the ground. He was, he was exhumed. Yeah, there was a lot of that going around. Good, I, I know the player you're talking about, too. I thought he was done. Uh, yeah. Landed right on his head. He's a good... Yeah, I had... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So much of him on DraftKings too. And I took a lot of heat for it on Twitter because the people, you know, I'm getting all these comments. Uh, well, don't you know Shanahan? He's like, yeah, kind of. The same Shanahan that hates Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman? That Shanahan? Yeah, I do. And uh, I, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, Wilson is, from what we've seen at least, looks like a pretty solid player. Guy's got a nose for the end zone, too. I mean, my God, every time he plays, um, he finds ways to score. So are you saying that in this spot against Seattle at $6,000, you are willing to get there? Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think you're going to find too many spots where a team, they want to run the ball. He could have the volume to himself once again. And, you know, the matchup to me is not overly concerning unless it's Tampa or the Saints and it's not either of them. So I, I like it. One of the few guys, I mean, the mid-range running back besides the, the payup options, I think there are three or four guys in this range that you can go to pretty comfortably and, and feel like you're going to get some bang for your buck. I don't think you need to go out on a limb for anything this week and get crazy because ownership's just not going to be concentrated really anywhere. Maybe, yeah. maybe a couple value plays, but uh, as much, as much as I like Wilson as a player, I do like Cam Akers more if he plays. Um, I, I would go more Cam Akers. And, and I think just a byproduct of, of Wilson's game and Cam Akers being hurt would be that ownership is, is co- a big contrast, which might not actually matter. Sal, anything else here if we talk about some of these other running backs, maybe below 5K or below 6K, sorry, that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, Giovanni Bernard, again, there's now two straight weeks of really good usage. P. Ryan was getting the touchdowns, had the one goal line touchdown, but Bernard still saw, what, oh, I think 24 opportunities, big passing game usage on checkdowns, but still 16 attempts last week as well. And he actually in this one is going to come in with a decent matchup against Baltimore, who has been, I would say, an up and down defense. Injuries have been a reason why I think they've regressed against the run, but they still don't have those players back. Those guys are done for the season. So I think it's still a fine spot for him, especially going to get some of the passing game usage at the price point. And then Ronald Jones is kind of the opposite player in terms of you're relying on a lot of the production on the ground. He's only ran over 10 routes once since week seven. Again, he's been out for COVID for some of those games, but it's 
it, it's a little bit more of a risk there just because it's less outs, but they are six and a half point favorites. And I would suspect them to get right back up towards that 16 plus touches. Uh, and again, most of it's going to have to come in the pass or the ground game because his passing game usage has been pretty atrocious since like week two. Ben, all, all Geo needed to get off on the right foot was for, uh, you know, me to roster him and, and set him out on the right course. I'm, I'm, I'm salty today, just through and through. You guys are going to have to deal with it. But his usage has been extremely high, and he hasn't seemed to fumble since that game against Dallas. No, he's been good. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I was a little salty that, yes, it was it was good in week 16. It should have been better, though. Uh, it honestly felt like 20 points was the floor. P. Ryan scoring, uh, God, that was that was obviously the game to have was that Texans-Cincy game. But I'm going to throw out a play. I really like this spot. And he was one of my bigger mistakes last week. I'm, I'm going to take right a guess. Go ahead. Melvin Gordon? Absolutely. Um, I know you. Come, yeah. I mean, everyone liked them in a great spot against the Chargers. Does not perform. 16 carries, though, for 79 yards. Non-existent in the passing game. Obviously, people uh, soured on him. May not be nearly – won't be nearly as popular – it's going against the Raiders. They just gave up a buck 70 and two touchdowns to Miles Gaskin and the Dolphins at home. I think they lean on him once again, if it's a different game script. And I think it easily could be uh, to me, the Raiders are, are completely done on various levels. Melvin Gordon uh, buyback spot. I like him more this week than I did last week. Love it. Yeah. I, I have no issues with that at all. So I'm going to bring a guy up to you. This is where it'll get fun. We'll talk a little bit of value here. Uh, maybe he'll be chalked. I don't know, but does this not feel like a spot where Keyshawn Vaughn just gets an abundance of work, knowing that Leonard Fournette comes in after he's released by Jacksonville, LaShawn McCoy's picked up. You got a bunch of veterans or just guys that really wore out their welcome uh, in their, in their former city. Keyshawn Vaughn was drafted relatively early in the 2020 draft. It feels like, correct me if I'm wrong here, he could be the guy to get quite a bit of work this week, uh, especially if Ronald Jones uh, is going to be absent still on the COVID-19 list. But the, I guess there are a lot of ifs. There are a lot of question marks going into this backfield for Tampa. Yeah, they say that Jones trends to return this week, but that's if they want to be playing starters and things like that, like okay. we discussed earlier. Keyshawn Vaughn would be one of those players. Yeah, I mean, if you get told that Ronald Jones is not going to be playing, I would suspect that Keyshawn Vaughn sees, like you saw last week, you saw 15 attempts on the ground, saw a couple of targets, a third-round pick for them this year, something that they definitely like. And he got hurt earlier this season. You saw in week 14, he came in for like some garbage time use. Week 15, they used him in 16% of the snaps, so they were actively trying to use him. And then last week, they made him the lead back with no Ronald Jones. Uh, again, that game did get out of hand in the second half. So you would have to see probably for me to get there, Ronald Jones be out. Somebody that I want to, I probably want to get to this week, uh, not in a crazy amount, but where you're trying to find value at running back, really honestly below 5K where there's not too much unless things open up, is, is Daryl Williams. This is going to be no Clyde Edwards for the rest of the year. They said they're going to rest all their key starters. I don't think that involves Le'Veon Bell, but last week they gave Williams more touches, not only on the ground, but in the passing game, he saw significantly more work than Bell. Now it's not Mahomes out there. It's not a crazy team total, but it's a running back at 4,800 that Andy Reid likes a lot and is a quality pass catching back. So if you're looking for value, I think that's one spot that I'll look towards. Love it. That game was such a train wreck and a disaster watching that. I mean, yep. on every front. You know, outside of at a couple pieces from Atlanta, but 17 points from Kansas City at a 32 and a half point implied total. Brutal, Ben. Uh, do you have any other value here? Maybe we could get cheap. Uh, any prospective plays on teams that might look to start some younger guys or some backups? You know, I, I think as we get later in the week, maybe, you know, if some of these guys are pulled off the field, it'll open up. But I 
I don't think that it's necessary to bet on, you know, random volume here. You have 15 games. There's enough spots in the mid range that I, I know that these guys are going to at least have the opportunity. It doesn't mean they're going to play well, but I, I think chasing, Oh, well, this team, they're going to bench this guy. So it could be this guy. It could be a committee. It could be a lot of things. And that's just a tough sell for what I don't think a great ceilings on most of these guys. So there will be some clarity later in the week. I'm going to probably try to keep it in the fives though, to be honest, I don't see a ton. I love down here. Vaughn makes sense. And certainly Kansas city, but I, I don't see a lot of really cheap options that I'm in love with. Yeah. And that's a totally reasonable point to make, but because I'm hosting this show, I'm going to go against it with a question to you for a second, Sal, uh, because you're a Packers guy. And again, Ben, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying on a 15 gamer. Do we need to go crazy? No. Uh, but do we need to talk about it? Yeah, a little bit. AJ Dillon, 21 carries. When I said I needed one yard to win that, I needed one yard from Aaron Jones, by the way. One yard from Aaron Jones would have won it for me. Ended up tying, lost by bench points. And I also had Sammy Watkins who threw an interception and lost me a point. Okay, anyway, um, AJ Dillon looked really good. I'm sure people are still pissed that he was drafted in the second round. But he had 21 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns, even caught a five-yard reception. Aaron Jones, I don't know if he was banged up. I don't know what it was. Um, but like, is this a game, Sal, where knowing that the, the Packers have already won the division, uh, have already locked up pretty much everything outside of a first-round bye, is it, is it possible that Dylan is a guy, or should we just say, you know what, I don't want to take this risk because LaFleur has been so unpredictable with this backfield in the past? Yeah, so there's a lot of things moving around here. So Jamal Williams Jamal was out Williams for that game. too, yeah. Yeah, Jamal Williams is out for that game. So that set up A.J. Dillon. Matt LaFleur, I mean, he coached Tennessee. He was the offensive coordinator. Loved Derrick Henry. Probably a big reason why he took A.J. Dillon. So there's a lot of stock in Matt LaFleur actually using Dillon when he can. It was the w winter weather game. It worked more. But he was not getting much work at all. I think he had like three carries. He had one series until Aaron Jones came up gimpy. They didn't say what the injury was. I think it was a quad injury. He came up gimpy. He got used in the third quarter, Aaron Jones, a little bit. Then the Packers took a three-score lead again, and you saw A.J. Dillon the rest of the way. So Dillon played well. He broke nine tackles, had that big performance he touched on. So he did earn more work. But you're probably going to have to see Jamal Williams out, and you're going to have to see like limited participations for Aaron Jones because this team is – they need to win to secure the one seed, which is massive, the only team that gets a buy in the NFC. So I do think that he'll be involved, but not to a 20-touch use. I think you'll probably see – six to eight touches if indeed Aaron Jones is healthy. Totally agree. It's one of those spots where I would not get enamored with one big game for sure. Um, I will say though, he, that drive you're talking about, he played the entire second drive of that yeah. game, which was a yeah. little bit weird to me. And, and that's what they do with like, like Jamal Williams and Jones, they basically split drives. Yeah. Uh, Jones usually see like a higher touch rate because Jones can catch a little bit more, but that's basically what they do. They split drives and yeah, Dylan, I mean, he was looking fine the entire game. He was breaking tackles left and right. Yeah, he did. He looked good. It's unfortunate. Ben, wide receiver. Before we do, by the way, uh, last day to use that promo code Caruso. Get all of our NBA products for just a dollar. C-A-R-U-S-O at awesomeo.com slash join. You get the day for the for a dollar. Everything we have for NBA, I think we got 10 games today. You should have done it earlier because you would have had like two weeks worth of NBA content for that one single dollar. Uh, but use it. If you want to check it out, you want to get in, get out, uh, or maybe hopefully stick around if you like what you see. Use that Caruso and get your ownership player projections, uh, the boom bust tool, the lineup builder, all of the premium articles, uh, all of the uh, tools built by the number one ranked DFS player in the world. But I would say, Ben, the thing I'm looking at is the express weekly pass we have for NFL. Many would say, why would I do that? The season's coming to an end. 
Well, not only do we have the Express lineup builder in there, the Express top stack tool, uh, rankings for the main site and all of the other sites, but every single showdown piece of content and every single showdown tool we have built by Awesomeo himself, whether it's the top plays tool, which is basically like top stacks, but for showdown, whether it's ownership, player projection, and so much more. That's available for $3.95 for the single, for the week. Just that's it. $3.95, $3.95 for the week. And I can't imagine, Ben, that we're not going to have a ton of showdown content coming up for these uh, postseason slates. Oh, there's no doubt. We just mentioned there's going to be additional games. There's going to be showdowns probably for every game, to be honest. And that's one of the ways... Uh, you can get involved. Obviously, uh, we want you to buy an annual pass. There's no doubt about it. That's where all the tools are. But if you, if you can't afford that right now, come in for a week. Like I said, try some showdown, see what's what. You get an idea of what some of these tools that we offer are. And, you know, I, I'm not the best showdown player, but I'll tell you what, when you when you scroll up to first and you see that money, I'll take those winnings. It's not like showdown is, oh, I can't grind it up. All it takes is one showdown hit to uh, make a couple years worth of entries the way yeah. these prize pools are. It's so true. It's insane. It's tough but it's fun and i love it i, I love playing these showdowns you really do sure. it's grown on you you were skeptical at the beginning you love showdown now i i yeah i well i you know what i hate i hate showdown baseball i just don't like it i, I, I can't know they get had that they're big oh they're big man you should have yep. seen the baseball showdown contest for the world series and uh, uh, uh sal you've seen the some of those like what was it? The NL championship, the AL champ. Those were some monster prize pulls. I just, I'm not good at baseball showdown. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's so much more variant because pinch hitters or leaf pitchers at times when like those were big, yep. they, they're changing the prices a little bit, but yeah, like pinch hitters start to become like viable, like punt options and just hope that they get in that bat and do something with it. Yeah. And I think, I think saves, you get points for saves as well. Yep. on showdowns. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I love showdown football. It's a blast. I'm not bad at it. And, uh, you know, you have to tell yourself a story. Uh, so I, 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 it's true. You got you to no, try and figure out the, the direction the game's going to go uh, and then probably do the exact opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go to awesome.com slash join. Check it out. The Express Weekly NFL Pass for $3.95 a week. All of the showdown content's included. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Devontae Adams, Sal, Calvin Ridley, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, who now leads the league in targets, yards, and receptions. The, the the tier up here is once again absurdly stacked. DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900 against the Rams. He's got the Q tag, but I assume he'll play. Allen Robinson's been a stud. I won't read every name off because it'll take too long at the top tier. Yeah, I mean, potentially the top two guys off of season-long draft boards next year, maybe Tyreek's up there with Devontae Adams and Diggs. They come off back-to-back showdowns these past two days, and they're the captains. They go absolutely berserk, three touchdowns apiece, over 100 yards. So they're kind of in categories of their own, but you get, yet again, a $1,000-plus-dollar discount down to Diggs, who very quietly, I mean, he's not getting these, like, one- and two-yard goal-line red zone attempts like Devontae Adams is, which just gives him that two-touchdown consistency to really be in your winning lineups. But very quietly, Diggs, like you just mentioned, is basically the number one receiver in volume in the entire NFL. He's played more games than Adams, but it's going to help. So I actually like Diggs more than Adams this week for $1,000 less. You can't go wrong with either of them. It's really going to be stack-based. But I think the guy I'm going to probably try and get to, his price point, like, it $100, creeps up, $100, $200 a week. But it's going to be Allen Robinson against the Packers. He's been – there's been, like, one, two other guys who've gotten to Jair, Adam Thielen, to start the season. But he basically ate up Jair Alexander. Two touchdowns. He had eight receptions on him on 13 targets the last time these teams played. And, again, this team, this game matters for both these teams. Chicago can make the playoffs. Um, and you also have Green Bay on the opposite side of that playing for the first overall seed. So at $7,700, that's probably the guy that I look to the most just for some sort of salary savings as well. 
Ben, at the wide receiver position, Devontae Adams in PPR formats leads the league with 343 fantasy points. Um, Tyreek Hill is second with 329. And then here's Stefan Diggs at 314. And the only reason Diggs uh, has fewer fantasy points than those aforementioned studs is he just has a bunch less touchdowns, right? Yeah. Because Adams has 17, Hill has 15, Diggs has eight. But when you're talking about overall volume, as Sal pointed out, Diggs is getting as much as, as Adams more really. Um, and actually right around the same and, and far more than Tyree Hill. So uh, it's an interesting tier for sure. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Steph, just transitioning a little to, to sports betting for a second, betting digs over in terms of receptions, yards, all those things has been a cash cow all year. I did it last night with my daily prop of the day. And it's just been a game changer for, for Josh Allen and that team. So you're not going to ever, it's an easy sell for me to go to digs. I will say though, Devonte Adams, the way, not that this matters, but they showed how he doesn't use his hands on those releases. That was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen, how he creates separation just with his feet. His, around the goal yeah, line his interview after that was, was insane because he said that he does that sometimes but because of the snow he knew that it would get his cornerbacks off balance a lot more so he was just like hopping instead of using any hands it it's was amazing. insane so obviously if you have money here say you pay down a quarterback and you have a couple mid-range uh running backs you can load up on these type of guys Allen robinson uh, i'll throw my sport behind i've been playing him all year just going to get the volume. I think the interesting situation just in general is the Vikings Detroit. I mean, it was a couple of days ago now, but that was the worst performance I may have seen of the year. They looked like they quit against Tampa. We've got Jefferson, you've got Thielen. I think I'd rather go to Jefferson. If we get word that those guys are good to go, I don't mind a flyer on him because Detroit right now is non-existent on defense. For sure. And at, like Adams has double digit targets in 10 of 13 games. He has nine plus targets in all but one game. And that was week two against Detroit where he got hurt. Still wouldn't have seen th uh, 10 targets, but still, uh, you know, digs to me, Adams, Calvin Ridley, even Calvin Ridley here, honestly, because I like Matt Ryan at $5,900. And, you know, when you're getting a cheap quarterback, oftentimes you're not getting a wide receiver that or, or when you're, when you're getting an expensive wide receiver, that's this much money. Usually you're paying for the quarterback too. Think about it. Devontae Adams, you have Aaron Rodgers. Terry Kill, you've got to pay for Mahomes. You got to pay for Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs. Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins. The list goes on. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of this where you can actually pay up for your receiver, but if you wanted to stack him with a quarterback, Matt Ryan's giving you a $5,900 price point, and I like that. Uh, similarly with Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky, uh, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Now, so once you get down to the 7K like mid 7K, 6K range because there's so many damn options here. And there's a lot of injuries as well, like Michael Thomas is done, Brandon Ayuk is done. I'm going to operate under the assumption that Julio Jones doesn't play this week, that Keenan Allen will say he's going to play and doesn't play this week. Maybe that opens things up, but uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of landmines that, well, we don't really need to avoid. But when we, when we get to the cheaper wide receiver options, we can talk about who's going to benefit from this. First, let's get to the 6K range. Yeah, so, I mean, right right before we get to the 6K range, these second-year receivers and Metcalf and A.J. Brown, I like them both a lot. Metcalf's price is the cheapest it's been since week seven, where he basically just destroyed San Fran. Still no Richard Sherman there. He's going to be shut down. And then A.J. Brown, tough week last week, just in terms of the weather game, but still saw the volume. Now gets Houston, who he also destroyed the last time he saw them. Both those guys look really good, but getting into the 6K range, it starts to become things with stacks, like Chris Godwin's still going to be there if you want any type of stacks. 
Brandon Cooks is where my eyes go first, just from a target share standpoint in Tampa Bay, still being the number one alpha receiver there. And then after that, a lot of guys start to look similar. You have Corey Davis, if you're trying to stack it up, he's going to be expensive, but still insane in terms of yards per outrun this year, in terms of his efficiency with that team total. Deontay Johnson's in this range. If I kind of had to rank it, including like uh, what I want to do with stacks, I'd probably go into this range with Deontay Johnson, Cooks, uh, and then Corey Davis at 6,200, as a lot of people will likely be sour on him. Ben, what about you? Yeah, same thing, obviously, depending on who your quarterback is, you, you're going to have extensions, whether it's the Bucks guys, uh, certainly them Cooks makes sense. I I, I kind of want to pose this more as a question than a statement, but obvi- for obvious reasons, the Rams two guys in Woods and Cup got a major price decrease, and they are they don't have golf back there. But I do think particularly with Woods, there is a chance that they can get him the ball uh, in other ways in passes that can be completed even by John Walford. Um, so at 6,300, he's not going to be owned. If you think that the Rams can hang in that game and that they push over their implied total, I do think that it has to be Woods uh, or Cup to a lesser extent. So those guys are sitting there virtually no ownership I, would be my guess. I'm not going to just cross the Rams off my list just yet. It's fair. No one in the league has more targets than Deontay Johnson since week nine. 93 targets for Deontay Johnson. Uh, as far as yards go, he's like 10th. Uh, and touchdowns, I think he has you know a handful of touchdowns over that span. He's got four. But the targets are always going to be there. And if that's going to be the case, I'm willing to continue running him out there. He is a good yards after the catch guy. And look over this, this same span. He has, let's see, he is... Top, I think, yeah, he's ninth in yards after the catch. So while Ben Roethlisberger isn't exactly chucking at 20-plus yards downfield on every attempt, uh, Deontay Johnson has the ability to make more of that uh, than a lot of other wide receivers. Ben, sticking with you here for a second, is there anyone in the mid-range that we haven't discussed yet uh, outside of these Rams guys or even in the 5K range that you want to hit on? I think the T.Y. Hilton, you know, guys like that who are just in pretty good matchups, teams that would need a win, uh, you could go to, you've got, it was Gallup last week. I'm not going to give up on Amari Cooper, though, 5,800. We'll see what's up with the Giants secondary. It's just those type of matchups. The rest of it will be dependent on who I play at quarterback, secondary options in terms of my stacks. I suppose you could look at T.Y. Hilton, Sal. I mean, maybe they just lean on the ground game, but he's 5,800 against Jacksonville. Now, understandable that you might want to go there. Uh, and then uh, then you have like Antonio Brown at 5,500, but I don't know what the quarterback situation looks like there. There are uh, a number of options that we could look towards. It's just none of them are particularly safe. Is there anything you really like here in the 5K range? Yeah, both Dallas receivers. Uh, I think that you get, I mean, at least from CeeDee Lamb and Amari standpoint, I think you get a lot of consistency in Lamb in a lot of different ways. And then Amari up there at that price point, I mean, quietly, it seemed like he had a massive game. Like nobody even sees him go for 120 yards and a touchdown. But Devontae Parker's probably the one I'll be waiting on the injury there at 5,300. He'll likely see Tredavious White, assuming that Buffalo wants to play this game as if they're trying to lock up the two seed. So that's a little bit of a concern there. But at 5,300, I think you're getting like a $1,000 discount on what Devontae Parker's role is in this offense. Uh, Already they ruled out Jakeem Grant, which doesn't matter too much, but just from a condensed target share standpoint, it'll matter a little bit. So that's probably outside of the Dallas guys where I'll be looking and, and tracking his injury. Of course, Ben, I tweeted earlier in the week that Marvin Jones was third in the league in targets since week 10, and $4,900 was an absurd price point. I stand by that, but of course, you know, Matthew Stafford goes down, and even before that, he had done nothing, three targets. Now, Stafford said he wants to play, and as we've seen in the past, when he wants to play, he usually does. Uh, I still think Marvin Jones is probably a little bit too cheap against Minnesota, 
And my guess is everyone will sour on him. So if Stafford plays 5,100 for a guy that was getting almost lead leading tar- league leading targets since week 10 is viable to me. What do you like here in this tier? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you, you kind of have to separate it. I, I did it for Melvin Gordon. It's harder for me to do it with Marvin Jones. He really killed me on Saturday, but there's no arguing that the ceiling is going to remain intact. It's just the floor at times. So that Minnesota Detroit game is one of the only just straight garbage games that I, I really think you could have some positive, you know, positive plays on both sides of it. So don't mind that. Obviously we've already talked about the Cowboys guys. You got T Higgins down here. Um, there are some names that I, I do think you can go to Judy. If you want to go to lock again at 4,200, I, I do think Denver is a team that I'm going to be over on as a whole. Michael Gallup was in some winning lineups last week, and there's no reason that, that we should have not liked him at 4,100. Almost a blind spot on my part, not getting as much as I should have, uh, Sal. But he proved that he is still a very good receiver, despite you know Dak Prescott's inability to look his way earlier in the year. You already talked about some Dallas receivers. Anything in the value range, like cheap range that you like for this week? Yeah, when, when you start to get to the 4K range, I mean, McCole Hardman stands out as a guy who's already been seeing usage in routes. You don't have Mahomes now, but he might actually profile, profile out as a number one wide receiver this week, assuming that they say Tyreek. We'll see what they do with Watkins, who's dealt with injury this year. Reed already said that they're not going to play their main starters. Um, then you get guys like in this Packers game. Darnell Mooney on one side is becoming a full-time receiver well over right now. Anthony Miller's role who kind of goes into the slot, and they haven't been using a ton of three wide receiver sets, probably because they're up by 20 in the past, all these games over the past month in Chicago. So Mooney looks good. And then going down a little bit more at 3,600, probably nobody wants to play him, but MVS from the Packers. Look, Alan Lazard continues to be limited. Only ran 15 routes last week. Yes, they have Robert Tanyan there, who's really a great yards after the catch guy, red zone guy for touchdowns. But outside of Adams, and all year long, it's basically been Adams. But MVS pops up for these games once out of every three games. He's coming up for a game where he did absolutely nothing, lays a goose egg. At 3,600, if you're trying to stack up a Rodgers-Adams stack or something along those lines, it's a really cheap way to get there with some upside with a 28 team total. Ben, anything dirt cheap before we talk tight ends here? Not really. Again, I, I know I've said this a couple of times, but something could open up if we find out a team sits their starters, you'll have the option. But as we saw last week and, and a lot of weeks, you don't need to force in value, especially on a slate like this, where we're not going to have the options to take Mahomes at the top and other, other top end chiefs. Tight end, Sal. And by the way, we always talk about a, a one cheap defense just for the hell of it at the end of the show. I'm not even going to bother with that this week because the the amount of information that we're going to get throughout the week when you, know, you find out this guy's sitting or this guy isn't playing, you could take a not very good defense and turn them into a pretty competent play at close to minimum salary. $8,600, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, 7,100, George Kittle, 6,000. Uh, these are your three guys that are coming in at your highest price points. I guess you could throw Andrews in there as well, Sal, but they're all pretty spread out. I personally have quite a bit of interest in George Kittle coming back in his second game if his role is going to be expanded and he's no longer limited. What do you think at the top of the position? Yeah, Kittle would be the guy. I mean, he he only ran 15 routes, but he was targeted on 33% of those with five targets. If you get somewhere around the 20 to 25 routes, he can absolutely smash his price point. Uh, that's where I'd go. I don't think Travis Kelsey's going to play. I think they've got rookie Seals Jones there still and like Nick Kaiser, who's ran like three, four, four routes a week. So they're going to be cheap, but nothing I want to target, especially with no Mahomes. So Kittle will be the guy up top that I would go towards. Don't want to officially or 100% rule out Darren Waller because we know what his target share is, but it's tough when Kittle is by far the better tight end when healthy, and now he's $1,000 cheaper. Yeah, what about you, Sal? And I, or Ben, and I agree with everything you said there, so. Yeah, I'll just say I tweeted that 
I forgot how good Kittle is. Oh, yeah. um, he's unbelievable. It's I can't wait to see him healthy, fully healthy and ready to go. I'll throw in Mark Andrews. Uh, just again, the Ravens are getting it together. He had 11 targets last week. He gets Cincinnati. They need to win. I expect him to have a big game. And then I'm going to throw, I'm going down a little, but Noah Fant at 4,400. He's closing the year strong. Again, Denver is a team. I think the I'm going to end up betting Denver. I think the Raiders are completely cooked. I don't think they'll be motivated. 11 targets in week 15, nine in week 16. If he sees that type of volume week in and week out, 4,400 is an easy price for me to, to take. I like that. And I don't necessarily know how much there is at the bottom. Uh, you know, this, if you just scroll down, it looks pretty ugly. And and I'm hoping that we'll be able to pay for Kittle if we want to, because there's going to be some value that opens up at other positions, Ben. Right now, uh, and as you pointed out at other positions, it's really difficult to get a good read on that before we have enough news on a 15-game slate. But, you know, I just scroll through this and I see, you know, maybe like a Jordan Akins who just seemingly gives you seven to eight fantasy points every single week. Uh, I don't know. Higby without a quarterback. Jimmy Graham coming off a two-touchdown game. But the volume there is scarce to say the least. What do you really have confidence in down here at the bottom? I think the answer is a resounding nothing. No, nothing. It's it's lineup construction where you're saying, okay, Aikens, he's going to have maybe a couple looks in the red zone for a touchdown. He'll probably drop it. I play that guy every week. I'm not going to recommend this, but I will say that Chris Herndon gets more than zero now, uh, which is a change from what he did for the first 15 weeks. But really, this is just a, a situation, unless the rest of your lineup is really intact, I'm not going to go down to the bottom here if I don't have to. All right, Sal, close it out. Any value here at tight end that's worth even discussing at this point? Yeah, really just a lot of guys getting into stacks. But I do think John, who finally, like when he was healthy like a month ago, he was way overpriced. And now he's actually performing and he's continuously underpriced. So five or more targets in four of his last five games, had seven targets this past week and just fits kind of the sentiment of the show that I, I like these Tennessee stacks. So John, who is going to look good for me. All right. Like I said, no real need to touch on defenses right now. Uh, there's there's no real need to touch on him ever but it's just fun throwing out a a garbage defense and seeing what happens because Ben, guess what? Every single week, one of those defenses, maybe not every week, but most of those weeks, one of those cheap defenses ends up being towards the top. I mean, the jets last week had, what was it? Nine, 10 fantasy points. They were $2,000. The Panthers at 2,700 were, or 2,800 were probably the highest scoring defense of the week. Yeah, I mean, that, listen, 2020 for, for NFL DFS has been frustrating on a lot of levels, but paying down a defense has been one of the bright spots that I think all three of us have been early on uh, this year. And, and it just shows, yes, sometimes you look and you're like, why didn't I take the 4K defense that gets 20? But more often than not, you're going to get seven or eight points from some of these cheap defenses just by a, a fluke pick, a couple sacks, and you're really opening up the rest of your lineups. That is what I will be doing predominantly once again in week 17. Guys, remember, you can listen to all of our shows in podcast form, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform hosts podcasts, you can find us, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Just search it. You'll find us. And leave a review. Leave a rating if you like the show. It helps us a lot. Of course, follow Sal at Sal Vetri DFS, Ben at Jazz DFS, myself at Lafayette underscore D, L-A-U-G-H-Y underscore D, and awesomeo.com at awesomeo underscore com. 
We'll be back with you soon. But coming up, well, tomorrow, really, for the ownership show with Matt Kajewski, Kyle Dvorak, and myself. But today, a lot more coming down the pike. The NBA deeper dive, 445. We got 10 games, 445 Eastern, not five. Adam Sher and myself, followed by Live Before Lock with Jason Floyd and Greg Ehrenberg. Uh, and then, well, just so much more throughout the week. You know where to be. Stay locked in right here at the awesome.com YouTube channel. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe before you go. We'll see you guys back here soon.